a Woodside Church podcast. I'm Andrea, I'm leading a family of churches uh, based originally in Ukraine, but since 2014, God started to extend our ministry. We, start, we sent uh, people to India to plant churches, then with the Ukrainian refugees in Ukraine, we started to plant churches there. And uh, um, this, this war, uh, last February, uh, actually was acceleration for our mission. When, when I'm speaking about such a, uh, a dramatic happenings, I prefer to speak from positive point, because other, the rest you know, at least. But, uh, but you know, there is a moment to cry, but there is a moment not to cry, but to see what God is going to do. It's helpful, it's helpful for us to be concentrated when we look or focusing on God and, 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 and just asking questions, God, God, what you are doing now? And it helps us to understand what we should do, because to do something different, it's not, not a deal at all. So we're really focusing on understanding what God is doing and as a church or churches or family or church, be really uh, committed to this. So there are some, some pictures, and I will provide some comments. When war started, we commit ourselves to evacuate. Actually, because we are not big, uh, this, the smaller you are, the more flexible you are. Amen. The, the bigger uh, organization, the harder to change uh, uh, agenda, so we're very flexible. So when 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 war started, we commit ourselves. Uh, we developed the de- uh, department of evacuation, and we evacuated thousands of people. Just help people, and then uh, next stage, we started to provide the food. And this is uh, just pictures. Uh, we've now we've bought about sixty or seventy tons of potato. Just distribute uh, another project. We are buying wood and helping people because uh, no electricity, no gas, and in some houses there are like wooden, wooden heating systems. So just any any chance to help. Also food distribution. We are not only with our churches. We are partnering with many churches. Uh, who commit themselves to cook food, distribute in different parts of Ukraine, and uh, with our partners in Europe, in, uh, we are working with a Slavic mission in Europe based in Krakow. Uh, Ivan, my friend, leads uh, or director of that organization. We have sent more than 700 uh, tons to Ukraine already, and it's going on. And it's nothing compared to this size, but we are trying to do our, our bit. So can we, can we have another one, uh, picture? Uh, this is a recent picture from West, Western part. My friend sent me. He said, this hole, if you see, big hole, this is a result of explosion. It's just December. And nearby his uh, place where he... Uh, this young girl, it's a picture from our school. Natasha runs a school in Kiev, and she's responsible for the team. But also we have great team on the ground. So no, no electricity for three, five... Sometimes it's three hours we have electricity. Most of them know. And and also three, five hours per day, quite often they're spending in a shelter because of uh, air alarm or danger. So we needed, uh, can can we have another one picture? It's a funny one. This is school. 
it's basement with the food. It's like storage. But when alarm happening, all kids going, and and so we needed to provide a. Uh, because it became second second room for, for studying, and uh, kids just learning how to enjoy, hide themselves, and, and continue to, to study. So Natasha runs the whole team, but uh, her, uh, her main responsibility now to organize and provide online lessons for kids in different parts of Europe, and some of them in America as well, because most of Ukrainians has a dream, come back as soon as possible. For this winter, government asked, please do not come. Our economy won't be able to uh, survive if all, uh, more than 8 million left. And they, they said, please, enjoy hospitality and come back when, when, when we can. And do we have any other? Yes, and this is an this is interesting moment. This is New Believers. They're doing Bible study. It's just recent new church plant in, in Ukraine, and actually this is screen. And they said, okay, if we wait for uh, when everything will come to, no, come, uh, to normal, it, it can take years. So let's start now. So this is uh, our decision, or we have a dream and plan since February we are going to start a church planting uh, school. Uh, we are in the process of starting 10 or 12 new churches now in Ukraine and Europe. And uh, in February, we will gather leaders and train, and it will be next six months. So it's very excited, actually. I can say we see people becoming Christians because can, can we come to, uh, to the preaching notes? Because I, I, I'm, I'm starting to preach now. Okay? Uh, I have some time, but yeah. Uh, the title is very simple, actually. A man after God's own heart. It really resonates, Ruth, with what you've been sharing this morning. I was, I think, wow, it's confirmation for me. This is the right subject for this morning. And this is the right day to renew our commitment to God. Because, you know, church without God, it's nothing. Mm-hmm. And Christian life without commitment, it's nothing. And we, we are all to actually commit, but to what? And how deep? This is the question. I love this story. David is one of my favorite heroes from Old Testament. And I'm going to read uh, two verses from Book of Acts. This is a summary Paul gave for David's life, the beginning and the end, in, in one of his preachings in the synagogue. Uh, I'm going to read its Acts thirteen twenty two and thirty six. I would love these two statements will describe my life one day, maybe funeral. I'm not I'm not living with this picture of my funeral. I have reasons to live, but you know sometimes we think about the summer of our life. After removing Saul, he made David their king. God testified concerning him. I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. And then, now when David has, had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep. I will put dot here. Nice. 
beginning and the end. We are making some deep statements in our life, sometimes in the early age of life, and that statement shaped all our life. And usually such statements are made not in the funny days, but in the most darkest days, in the most hardest days. Uh, David was a teenager when he made this, uh, this decision. And, he, and his life was quite complicated. I love to study, and some commentaries said the reason of his rejection and his family, if, if you read his story, it's obvious. He wasn't the favorite son. He wasn't. He, he was quite rejected. All his older brothers have been enjoying life with his father. They're, they've been quite rich rich family, well-established family, family. But, he, uh, but David, the youngest one, was looking after the sheep with the, with the servants, not with brothers. And one particular dinner, dinner time, it was celebration, prophet came, all bro- brothers had been invited, and no one cared about David. Can you imagine in your family, if you have very important dinner, to miss your youngest son? I can't imagine, we, we, we have Tima, I can't imagine to forget to invite him. We all wait for him. Or for Ilya or for Daniel, we, we'll wait, we won't starve because it's important. But David was away and no one's worried because, and some commentaries said probably or maybe, David was son of Jesse but from different uh, women. In some psalms, when he was uh, singing songs about his story, something sad and not clear, something a bit gray in that story. Anyway, he was rejected. And you know, when you experience something tough, inside of us there is a battle. Actually, we are learning to forgive, not when everything, everyone is friendly with us. They're learning to forgive when someone really do terrible stuff against us. And there is a battle. I, 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 I have in my story some, some moments I remember. It's clear. It can be 20 years ago when I made some decisions. For example, to forgive. And it became style of life. So David find, uh, found God when he was rejected lonely, away from home, looking after ships. In that moment, he could become a broken person. It was a dark moment. And the question is why? Why am I here? Why am I not with my father in my house, with my brothers? Why am I not enjoying my early Teenagers' years, why, 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 why? And then question, if you believe in God, the question, where is God? This is a question. When something terrible happened in our life, the question, where is God? Why he allowed this? This is a moment when many people become a broken person. Once I met a young lady during the pregnancy, she lost a baby. And actually, the reason for talking was different. But during the conversation, I just felt God is saying she can't forgive God. And it was surprising for me. She, she was very prophetic. She, like, 
deep worshiper. And I look and ask, do you have anything in your heart for what you can't forgive God and you can't trust him anymore? She started to cry. She said, I'm not read, reading the Bible for, for last year. I'm not praying because I can't trust God anymore. He left me in the most terrible moment of my life. I can't tr- trust him anymore. And you know, her life from that moment, different life. In the most important moment, she can't follow God's word because she can't trust him. You know, in such moments, the statement, statements inside of us will shape all our life. Uh, during that moment, David wrote, uh, maybe a bit later, but he wrote Psalm 23. It was a moment when, when he started to know God more and trust him. It was a learning moment. He didn't close his heart for God, but he opened and he started to, to go with him step by step. And he found that he's faithful. I remember when I was 15, and I made a decision to follow Jesus by God's grace. It was poetry in our nation. Total poetry. And I started to learn to trust God every area of my life. And I started to be, uh, building business in that moment. I was 15. And I started to earn a lot of money. And that, from that mo- moment, I knew God is my provider. And it doesn't matter what, what economical climate or context, God can make miracles. And I've seen that miracle and, and build up my faith. So since that moment, I know that the source of my life, God, not business. When we lost business, uh, when war started, we lost well, well-established business we, we run with Natasha. We lost. And I was praying, and God just reminded me, I'm the source of your life, not business. Business, this is a way how I'm providing. I'm giving you it, but it's not the source of you. I'm the, nothing changed generally. Nothing changed. I'm still your provider. And I can say, eight years later, God is faithful. We are learning. Hardship, this is opportunity to learn more or to become broken. So we need to be very careful. And maybe I'm just asking God, Holy Spirit, to remind us the most hardest moments. And maybe we'll need to make new statements in our life. To make new decisions in the light of knowledge of God right now. Because we can be captives of previous decisions in our lives. So David was growing in understanding God in different areas. For this reason, one day, he, he could stay against Goliath. It's a crazy story. It was obvious he's not experienced warrior. Why he could receive this challenge? Not because of his strength. He knew God. And actually, it was God's battle. For this reason, he, he knew God enough to say yes for that battle. Uh, for becoming God, we, we have few, actually, good opportunities to study Scripture. And David uh, made a statement, powerful statement, in Psalm 119. Okay, I'll read it. Just one. 
You know, we have even different numbers in our Bible in your So, sorry, sometimes I'm trying to... You're good people. <laughs> Look, David said, Your decrees are the theme of my song wherever I lodge. What he could get? Five, five books of Moses. Is it source to write the songs? I'm, I'm reading now, I'm finishing. Uh, I was reading Genesis and then no, no new songs in my mind. <laughs> I prefer to think about the Psalms or some make, uh, uh, main New Testament statement. This makes me excitement. But David had five books of Moses and maybe Job. And he said it became the theme for my songs. Wow. He knew something. And he, he developed a, a, a wonderful prayer. He asked God, please open my eyes and I will see the treasure and deepness and richness of your word. I think he saw something in, in, in books of Moses which makes him so excited, which reveal God for him. He, 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 he sees the God. So scripture, prayer, prayer not when we are talking, only talking to God, but listen to him. So many times when we, when we study Psalms, David started with very depressive beginning and then ended with a smile and joy and hope. Why? It's what prayer makes with us. It changes. I have a prayer walks. I'm trying to do it every day. If I have a, even even my trips, I'm keeping as plan as plan of my trip, half hour or one hour prayer walk because I know I can start with no ideas what I will do, and ends with a plan. Because God's presence changes everything. Sometimes we are not getting any new information, but the presence, comfort, it raises up faith in our life. And his presence is healing us. So David was learning about God day by day. And, he, he, and uh, the desire to be in God's presence was growing. You know, sometimes we are talking about discipline. I believe in discipline. But Discipline, spiritual discipline, without real encounter with God, it's legalism. I passed that, that way. When I was 15, 16, I became very disciplined. I made a decision to study scripture and pray. So I started to walk up at 5 o'clock in the morning. Then 4.30, because my building business was starting early. So 4.30, prayer, scripture, uh, and of course, I was going to bed 9, 9.30. So when guests come into our house, I said, guys, sorry. I'm going to sleep because in the morning I have. And fr one, one friend, praise God for friends. One friend came, a friend came to us. And uh, they've been driving about a couple, couple hours to reach us. And they arrived, we had dinner, and then 9 o'clock I said, bye, everyone, see you tomorrow. He said, what? 
I came to your house. He's older, so he came actually to my dad and my mom. I came to your house, and you are saying goodbye. I said, I have important, I'm, I'm waking up early. He said, tomorrow you wake up later, because now you're going to stay with us. This is important. You're, it's not legalism. You have, you have meeting with God, but our fellowship is, you know, it, it was so helpful. Praise God for the friends. So legalism, it's not the answer. I don't believe in a spiritual discipline without re- reality, yeah. uh, without uh, encounter with God, without this experience of feeling, experience His presence. And David knows it. He loves God's presence. It was his desire. You know, sometimes we're missing our church gatherings for no reasons. Okay, let's say... Uh, we are Ukrainians, okay? We are missing church gatherings without uh, real reasons. I, I don't think about British, British very committed people. But I think in modern days, the question, are you comfortable, became too important. Are you comfortable with this? Really? Is it comfort our idol? Life is uncomfortable anyway. If we are making right decision, right decision often uncomfortable. So on this concern, uncomfortable, guys, I think we need to change it. It's okay to ask, but if we ask in too many times, we, be, we, we are making comfort as a main priority. I'm not comforted with many things. And when God is asking for something seriously, most of times I'm not comfortable at all because it's destroying all my plans. So if God will ask me, Andre, are you comfortable? I never heard this question. Andre, are you comfortable? Much often, do you understand? Are you going to do it? I think we need to we need to create right uh, culture in the church. The question "Are you comfortable?" It's fine, but not in top ten questions. Maybe it's only for Ukrainians. <laughs> uh, second point. They're moving quite well. (laughs) Determination of our effectiveness. Let's read again. After removing Saul, he made David the king. God testified concerning him. I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. It's interesting. David done a lot. His story, the most written, I think, in the Bible. Two books. Two books. First Samuel, second Samuel. A lot. 
a lot of stories, and he's done some mistakes as well. He's done a lot of great things, but the summary is what really uh, was important for God. He said, I found a man who will do everything I want him to do. So, what, what is determination of effectiveness in now? Because we all measure our life. I measure my life. I'm living because I'm a person who look forward all the time. The question of efficiency is my question. I'm living with this. Uh, New Year or Christmas and New Year, this is the most tough season for me because I do nothing. It's hard for me. I praise God for Natasha. Natasha is teaching me how to enjoy celebrations. Natasha is very good. She can organize. So I'm just following and, and trying to not destroy her plans. But I can't do For me, it's, this is the most boring season because no goals, no challenges, nothing to do. Just enjoy, smile, presents, give games, visits, eat, 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 and then gym. Run, run, run. You know how it works. What describe effectiveness? It's an important question. It's not only about the knowledge, it's about the direction in our life. Sometimes to be busy and to show that you are busy. I've seen so many times someone is walking slowly. It, it seems like nothing to do, but then phone ring. And the person said, oh, sorry, I can't meet you. I'm so busy right now. You're thinking, what? But to say that I'm not busy means I'm not efficient. And quite often people pretend to be busy. Or putting a lot of unnecessary stuff in a schedule to make busy because to be busy means I'm effective. I don't believe that busyness, this is the description of our effectiveness. I made a decision in my life, I will, I will answer the phone call, if I can, immediately. I will write back the email, if I can, immediately. If I can't, or I need to think, or I'm really busy, I won't do it. But if I can't, I won't pretend that I'm busy. I will answer for invitation after prayer if I got, feel God wants, immediately, if I can. Do not pretend. And my life is easier. Because I don't want to impress anyone. Life is too short. Quite soon we'll stay before God. I believe in eternal life, and I'm very excited about this. I still remember one preaching, one young guy was preaching, and he was... He made a statement about Jesus' second coming, and he said, but I hope it won't happen today. I think, what a statement. I think all our best hopes is his second coming. Everything best is coming. It's not yet. We enjoy God, but not fully yet. Amen? So when Jesus comes, the best comes. 
Okay, I, will, I, I had a prayer. I, I was praying, Lord, please do not come before I get married. But now I'm, I'm married. <laughs> Jesus, and sometimes after getting married, the prayer of second coming is, you know, increasing. <laughs> not because of, of my wife, it's because of me, of course. So for David, his deep decision in a young age, I don't know how he made that decision. I don't know what words he spoke to God. But he said when he was a teenager, he said, God, I'm going to please you for all my life. If you want me to look after this ship here till the end of my life, if this is your will, I'll do it. If you have another plan for me, I agree. But I'm going to please you. This is my goal. In that moment, another man, Saul, was the king of Israel for two years. But after being king, he became arrogant, self-confident, and disobedient to God. He started to use his power and authority from promoting himself. He started to, to, to build monuments with his image. After one battle, one battle, and he became so proud. He said, I'm great king. And he started to build, after two years being king, too early decision. But the main problem, he made decision in his heart. I'm going to do what I want. And I, I, I know what I want. And I will reach it any, anyway. And that decision made God. He said, no, I'm rejecting you. I chose you, but because of that decision, I'm rejecting you. And I found another one, man. Young boy. Who made another decision. He made decision to please me. For all his life. Such a decisions. I don't think there is an age where it's too late to make such a decision. Right now we can make it. And it doesn't mean that everyone will meet Goliath. I hope not. It's not a funny story at all. But we'll meet our Goliaths. We'll have our battles. But the decision is... What kind of decision? We can, we can make decision to come to the church every Sunday. It's good, but it's not enough. Home group. Oh, it's another one commitment. It's huge. It's second day, second evening. Prayer night. I don't know. Did you rejoice tonight? No prayer. I think it's sad. It's a unique opportunity to gather the church. So sometimes we are limiting our commitment. Someone, uh, organization, done a research uh, before COVID. All around the world, commitment to the church gatherings have been decreased. Everyone who was coming every Sunday, except illness or holiday, they started to come three Sundays per month. Everyone who was visiting three times started to come twice. It's all around the world done research. 
Then some people who visiting Sunday gatherings once in a month started to do it once in a half or two months. Still being committed to God to the church, but the level is decreased. Why? Because of some decisions in hard moments. And Jesus gave an example to us. When he was explaining what he's doing, what he's not doing, usually he said, what I see my father doing, I'm, thanks. I'm doing it. This is my commitment. I, I, I didn't come to do my will. I'm really commit myself to, go, to do God's will. And it, it, it leads us often to very hard decisions, some very hard emotional or emotionally hard decisions. Uh, September 2021, as a apostolic uh, team, we made a decision that our family will move from Ukraine to Europe, probably Krakow, for 22-23, because God started to open opportunities for planting churches. And, and that moment, we, think, uh, we thought, okay, 22-23, it's fine. One year, and then we'll come back. And we, we started to do preparation, then February came, war started. And that decision became emotionally harder. So, uh, time later, we moved to Krakow, we spent five months there, and then to move to Bedford for two years, emotionally, I can say it's hard. Not because Bedford is not be- it's beautiful, it's beautiful, but emotionally, it's hard. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Some decisions, you feel like you're dying. Mm. And Jesus, in, in, in John 12, he said, if the seed won't die, it won't produce yeah. fruits. Yes. It will be long. There are situations when we need to die. Sometimes for our dreams, for our plans, for our career, sometimes even we can't explain since beginning why. We just feel or we know that God wants us to do. And such a decision, it's hard. And you're thinking, why, Lord? And sometimes you've been involved in something you really felt God wants you, and then God asking, leave and do something different. You think, why? It's, it just started to, to happen. It's like the best moment. I was working for such a moment for years. And then you ask him to leave everything and start something new. Why? And the hardest moment God is not explaining. He just asking or telling what you have to do. With no explanation. And no one, and, and especially if some closest people will, will think, why? Why? And you can't explain. It's, it's crazy moments. And sometimes we prefer to keep, no, no, I will follow my plan till I will see clear. So many situations when we, where we won't see clear. Just one step. I love long, long-term planning. I love But since 2014, I'm learning that the treasure moments is spontaneous quite often. God is sovereign God. He is doing what he wants to do. 
when he wants to do. And there is a question, obedience. I will follow or I will ignore. I will follow my plans or I will, I will actually use his opportunities, his providing or spontaneously asking to do. I'm learning now to, to have spaces in my schedule. When I'm planning, I'm, I'm not booking all weeks during the year and all days. I'm keeping space for moments when God is speaking or God is initiating something, I don't want to be in position to say, God, sorry, I'm too busy to do it. So I'm trying to keep, and I can say, no empty space when I look behind. All filled with God initiations, but I'm still learning. And for me, it's very important. So I made a decision, and we're trying to, to, to develop our, the culture in our fellowship, Obedience. We are talking about obedience all the time. And it, it, it leads us to another point. What the foundation for our obedience? I found the best foundation, this is God's promises. And it changed all our meetings and, my, and our prayer life. Seek God. Enjoy God's presence. And be careful with what God is going to do. God's spirit never silent, not, never in a stuck. God is on the move all the time since beginning. Sometimes we just can't see it. Or sometimes we are too focused on our stuff and we can't see where God is on the move or what he is initiating. But never, I really believe, God never stops moving and touching nations. This is the challenge for the church. Sometimes in our place, nothing happens. It doesn't mean then all around the world nothing happened. Sometimes we need to lift up our eyes and look around. God is touching nation. God is initiating. And the church has a call to look around and to commit for what God is initiating all around the world. We need to be global. For this reason, we need prophetic guys. We need apostolic guys who will explain what God is initiating. And the connection between local church and global church and global ministry has to be very strong. Praise God for Dev Devinish. Praise God for Martin's open heart. He's, he's open. But we can be so focused on a local and lose focus from global. We need both. Sometimes I'm talking to a local leader. They said, I'm too busy to, to, to be involved. Very soon you'll be too bored. <laughs> when we are in God's initiations, it's exciting. When I'm coming back from my trips, I'm full of stories. How was Albania? It was excellent. Look. Big smile, because God is doing great things there. Yes? It's a privilege for us to, to be where God is initiating something. And there is different seasons. Sometimes we are in a winter season, not many things happening. It's important for us to have a 
spiritual holidays. Go to somewhere where everything is like crazy. People becoming Christians, new church planted, and where you are coming to your context with the hope and excitement. We have a privilege to be faithful here and be faithful and fruitful there. I really believe global, being involved, being involved in global, it's uh, important for our health, spiritual health for whole church and for me personally. Sorry, it's not part of my subject, but I'm excited about this. I see God is on a move. Different nations. We are praying now. Uh, we see, aha, uh-huh, time gone, I know, I know. <laughs> Okay, last, last few moments. In December, we had a gathering, and we, we really felt that God gave us two numbers for next season. Ten years and 300 churches. It's big. Especially for those guys who, from the southeast of Ukraine, uh, all our established churches, just no gatherings, no buildings, Nothing. Guys lost houses, businesses, everything. Empty place, trying to, someone is learning German, uh, someone is learning Polish, someone is moving to Canada and uh, other places. And, and God is speaking and giving us a dream in 10 years' time to plant 300 churches. I came back excited. Wow. I love it. It's not our plan, because we're not stupid, you know. You know that without God, you can't plant anything. But with God, it's possible. I'm excited. So we are full of energy. February, we'll start our church planting training. And, you know, the faith is raising up now, because God is giving promise. What I'm good. God is making big net for big catch. I'm living with this picture whole Europe. It's covering with a big net. God is going to catch a lot of pe- millions of yeah. people. Yeah. Thousands of churches will be pl- I'm living with this. Yeah. If it won't happen, I will be disappointed. But I believe God is going to do. God is going to touch European nations as well. And the UK is part of Europe. Yeah. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. We are working together. Yeah. So I'm going to finish with the... Uh, Stressing on importance, spend time in God's presence, hearing His voice. If pray, pray with expectations. You know, sometimes phrase "I'm going to pray" or "I will pray" means nothing. It's like being polite. I will pray. Sometimes it means no. I don't think it's the right uh, description of prayer. If we say pray, means I'm going to talk to God and I'm going to listen what He's going to speak to me, what, what He's going to answer. No, it's not, uh, happens all, it's not happen always. Sometimes silence, sometimes something, nothing or no. But expectations are important. When, when we are coming to pray, we are coming with expectation. As a team or individually, we are just coming with expectation to meet God and, and hear. And then to pray based on what he's 
saying. We are building our prayer strategy based on his promises. And you know, with promises, God is giving promises not because we are pushing him or forcing him. Never. He's sovereign, almighty God. He is giving promises because this promise is what he is going to do. All promises God is giving, it's only and because this is he is going to do. And by giving us promise, he, is, he invites us into this process. And it produces faith. If he sends us, it will happen because Almighty God sending us. I'm going to finish and I'll ask Richard to, to lead us in prayer. Application. Enjoy and grow in the knowledge of God. Make a decision right now to please the Lord. Spend time in word and prayer to understand God's intentions. Dedicate yourself to practical obedience. Amen. You have been listening to a Woodside Church podcast. For more information, visit woodsidechurch.com.